this is Optimus Prime, and you are listening to the Masters of None. Masters of None with Mike J and Art. Masters of None. Boop. Hey everybody, this is Scoob J. Clyde from Futurama. This is Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, this is Moda Bartender, and you're listening to the Masters of None. Masters of None. I checked them out. They're very funny guys. Masters of None. A comedy podcast that doesn't suck. Um, not sure what it means, but that's why I'm going to keep listening until I find out. Over and out. Masters of None. Masters of None. Masters of None! Danger Zone. Going on, everybody. Welcome back to Masters of None. I'm Jay. With me is Mike. Hey, and Art. Hello, and uh, welcome to episode three of our 22nd season. We're going to be doing the Poser's Guide to Indie Wrestling. Uh, we got a special guest joining us, uh, Richard Kaysen. He uh, is in the New York Wrestling Connection, uh, known as JT Kaysen in there, and uh, he's also a beer guy. And you can check him out on Instagram at Beer Blood Body Slams. Great site for. Uh, uh, Beer, beer news, wrestling news, and horror news. What's up, man? What's up, Richard? Not much. What's going on, guys? Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, so we, we're, I mean, we're we're beer guys. You work in the beer business as well. We met you at the other half uh, Green City event, which was in the city, and other half does these uh, these like two events a year, and they decided to like throw wrestling into the mix at these beer festivals, which I think is a brilliant idea. It's perfect. It's the perfect environment for that. Yeah, and, and so we we met you there, man. Just we were out there enjoying the uh, enjoying the show, and uh, and we were like, damn, we should have this guy on because I'm I'm curious. I you know I've been a, I was a wrestling fan big time when I was a kid. I've kind of been like up and down with it since then. I know Mike was big on it when he was a kid. What about you, Art? Were you college? On? College is when it came by, and it was funny too because I remember when I lived on campus, junior and uh, senior year. I said to the guys, "I'm bringing the TV." Just want to let you know, Sunday and Monday are my days for football and all this other stuff. And they're like, "Hey, but like Raw and all that other stuff." I'm like, "Ah, oh, screw that." I'm the one be like, guys, WWE, The Rock's out. Let's go. And they're like, did you want to watch football? I'm like, I'll get there. But The Rock is fighting Stone Cold and we need to see this. <laughs> right on. And Richard, what, what, uh, like, what was your era when you were watching it growing up? Um, I started around like WrestleMania 9, WrestleMania 10, and then through the Attitude Era and all that stuff. The Rock, Stone Cold, that, that was kind of my jam. But nice. I've been a fan ever since then. Right on. So, so we're gonna dig deep into like kind of the indie wrestling scene because that's kind of fascinating to me. We've talked about pro wrestling stuff. We've had Roddy Roddy Piper on back in the day before he passed. Uh, we had another wrestler on, or is he the only one? Do we have Mick Foley on? Mick Foley. Oh yeah, we did have Mick Foley on. That's right. Way back. God Almighty. Speaking of feeling like it was a long time ago when we saw Richard at Other Half and uh, having those guys on was like season two or three for us. We've been we've also been doing this a long time. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> Roddy's yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, yes, that that happened. Oh, so it's been a while. <laughs> so wh- Mike, Mike off the top rope with some dose of reality. <laughs> that hit harder than the elbow drop. <laughs> but but also too though, you know, you know, Rich, you were just saying before we kind of go into the indie wrestling, like there's so many things going on in the world of wrestling, right? You got. Um, things going on in the WWE, then you have uh, AEW and all that. Like, what? How do you think? And it's just going to be like, it's including independent. But where do you see wrestling right now? Are you happy with the state with uh, the state of wrestling, or what, what's going on in your world in, in terms of that? Um, 
it's it's amazing right now because there's so many opportunities for wrestlers just to get jobs and opportunities for themselves. But not only that, just for fans. Like you can watch whatever you want to watch. Like everyone has their own like flavor of wrestling. And now there's just so many options where you can go. It's like not even just like AEW and WWE. There's like MLW. There's Ring of Honor, although technically owned by AEW, but still, it's all different. And then like there's all sorts of indie stuff out there. Um, it's just a plethora of, of stuff that just wasn't available for a long time. And now just the opportunities are just there everywhere. So how, how does this work? Like, how does this work? Is this set up kind of like baseball where there's like independent leagues and then the minor leagues and then the major leagues is the professional circuit? Like, is there, is there um, tiers like kind that? Kind of, sort of. I, I mean, we're not interconnected, sort of, but okay. uh, like almost like um, you guys are like from the uh, – the East Coast, obviously New York area. Yeah, let me well, um, hold on. You, you let know, me. Like let the, me the, let, is like it more the Atlantic like League? Yeah, I was. That's what I was gonna. Is it more like that kind of stuff, or is it more like Broadway, where you're like off Broadway, and well, then somebody the, ne- recognizes you and brings you to the big show, gives you a shot type of thing? In or, the independents are kind of almost like the Atlantic League. Okay, but, but but some of it is off like off Broadway kind of because like there there are guys that go around, and they if they you get seen by the right guy, you you can get a good shot somewhere. Gotcha. So what what was when you were watching it growing up as a kid? Like, what was the guy or the moment that made you say like I gotta I gotta do this one way or another? I gotta I gotta be a wrestler. Um, the the first match that really caught my eye was probably Bret Hart versus uh, Mr. Perfect SummerSlam '91. Oh, that's fucking yeah, yeah. That that that's that like was Chef's Kiss. Yeah, and like even as like a young kid, like I was like. I had to been like eight years old and I understood like that match was like perfection, pun unintended, but uh, it just showed so much emotion and just such technical ability. And they were able to control the crowd so much that, that it, it just fascinated me. And as I, as I grew up, I, I found all these characters, some over the top, some not so much, but just more grounded, but, just great in the ring, and it just—I I loved all the facets of it. Right on. So, what what was your first entree? Like, what did you go to a school? Did you like kind of get a, get in with somebody who trained you? Uh yes, I was trained by uh, Mikey Whipwreck um, over ECW. in NYWC, uh, ECW original. Nice. Um, over in Hicksville, and I've been at it now for almost eighteen years. Nice. Yeah, now is that time. yeah that is a while is now is that like is that standard you know how how long how long do you do some of these guys bounce around these circuits these these lower tier circuits before you know they ever get a big shot is it is it kind of luck of the draw or is do you have to kind of pay your dues is it like being a comedian you know type it's of thing? a little bit it's a little bit of everything I mean like some guys some guys are just super talented and they get picked up right away some guys. Right, right place, right time, right look. Um, some guys never get picked up. Um, some guys are just like journeymen that just hop from indie to indie and then just do their thing, you know? Neat. Mikey Whipwreck, you know, I, I was kind of in on the ECW thing for a while. I actually produced their radio show. So I kind of got like sucked into that pretty hardcore, which is hardcore, pun intended. <laughs> uh, but Mikey Whipwreck was kind of a guy who was known as like, he was just like, he was a kid who like helped set the ring up. And then they were like, he wanted to be a wrestler so bad. He would just do whatever they needed. He'd be a referee. You know, he would just literally do anything. 
And then he became a fan favorite because he would just get in there, get his ass kicked. And then, you know, the fans just like loved him. They just loved his like underdog story, which was kind of like based in reality. Um, so what, what, what He's was He's the like? Rudy. <laughs> he, yeah, he kind of really like was. was. Yeah. He was the Rudy of ECW for sure. Uh, what was it like trading with him? And does he come off as a guy who like is happy with the way he came up or he's kind of jaded with it? <laughs> Heart flashing his artifact sign that I got him. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's jaded. Um, I mean, I'm, there are definitely things that he did in the past just with uh, ECW, some of the crazy shit that I'm sure he, look in hindsight, he didn't, you know, it's, it was, it was super violent. It took a toll on his body. It's affecting him today. I'm sure a lot of it he wish he didn't do, but also he appreciates it. He appreciates it so much because it was such a movement. Like yeah, people huge. could say that WWE was like the, the boom of the pro wrestling in the nineties and WCW, but I feel like ECW was the initial start of that. They started making wrestling cool and then everyone else just adopted to that brand and put it into their own brand. Um, And it's, he just was part of something special and he appreciates that every, every day. Um, Could he have like took taken advantage of more opportunities over the, across the way? Sure. But uh, I wouldn't call him jaded at all. Um, But he's, but he's also taught so many people that have been great successes in the business. A lot of guys that wrestle in WWE, AEW, all over the place. So, Who are some of those names that, that he trained? Um, well, Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder, uh, Kurt Hawkins, Trent Beretta, Tony Nese. Um, you rattled um, off quite a few. He had a, he had a, me, well, me, but I'm not a, I, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a journeyman. You know, you hear about guys like this that have been in it, in it for so long and like we said, we talked to Mick Foley before, and and him, and even Roddy too, had major physical problems. Like they really bang themselves up. But I mean, they sacrifice their bodies like that. Are people that are getting into this? Are they just kind of throwing caution to the wind and love it so much that they they don't care? Or do you feel like it's kind of that machismo, like it's not going to happen to me mentality that's more prevalent? Um, I think it's a little both. Um, also, uh, unless you're, you go out there yourself, you don't realize the rush that is going in front of a crowd, no matter, no no matter, no matter if it's like a crowd of like thousands of people or even just hundreds of people, right. Um, just being able to go out there and, uh, being able to control the environment like, like wrestlers can, um, and this is very cliche. It's like a drug. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Like you don't, you don't know until you do it. That's why I was asking. Was it more of, it's such a. That's why I was asking if, if part of it was it's such a, amazing feeling that, my body be damned. You know, that's the attitude that you guys gonna have. It, it sometimes is for sure. I mean, I, I've been lucky for the most part. Um, I, I know guys have been through a lot more, that still do it on the regular and they love it. They they don't want to give it up. But sometimes father time just right. It gets to that point. It's it's tough. Take away father time for a second, but you know, you, you know what Mike was saying about machismo, or just you know, I don't, I'll just, I want to do it, and you know, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But is it almost like other sports too, where there's, I mean, wrestling, you're just beating the shit out of each other. I get that, but like, are, are there things now where you're able to curb some of the pain, or just like, 
yeah, our, do things preemptively to make sure that like you're all set yeah. to go. Like, of course you're stretching, of course you're doing things like I don't know yoga or or supplements or anything that like you you guys are doing now that you're like that people knew back then. Maybe their bodies would like have held up a little bit longer. Do like do your leagues have trainers and stuff like things like that? Like almost like a like a develop like a development team like a you know you know like a football team has a training staff something like that um not that elaborate but we do have like uh we did for a while have like trainers helping us keep in shape stuff like that um along with stretching and, and different yoga moves and stuff like that to help us um in the ring and elongate our careers honestly um but it's not as crazy and as elaborate as like an nfl team or anything like that right that uh, that's Wow, that's crazy! I didn't... still there's still a lot of Colombian nose yoga going on. <laughs> I, I I feel like that's everywhere, regardless regardless of the era. People still do cocaine. <laughs> it's still uh, around. It's amazing. So, dude, tell us tell us about how like you kind of developed your character. So, I I mean, it's, it seems like a lot of people go from like their natural personality, and then kind of elevate it. Is that, is that I, I yeah, guess that's sure. kind of right what you do, right? A little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, most of the best characters are that way. Um, I mean, obviously, you can obviously notice the heavy influences of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Um, drinking beer to the way of the ring and stuff like that. And I worked in the beer industry and I worked in bars. I was like trying to figure out a way to like incorporate all that. And I, I realized like, hey, I'm a big fan of like Andrew WK. And I was like, Okay, so what if I take his personality, his outlook and like life, and just add that to Stone Cold's like gimmick, and just kind of make it my own thing? And that's really what it is. Where it's just kind of a love child between the two. I'm just like a happy-go-lucky drunk who likes the party. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but like when you, when you're crafting your your persona and all that, is it almost kind of like a, a stand-up comedian where it's like, all right, I tried this, crowd didn't really re- react. Maybe I'll go in another avenue. Oh, for sure. It's all trial and error. I mean, like, um, and sometimes we even change things in the middle of the match. Like if something's like not, not taking, like if we notice it's not taking, then we can call it, call an audible. I mean, not, not so much with the winners and losers. Sometimes that does happen. But, um, but if we notice the crowd going one way, we'll, we'll take it another way. If it makes it seem like it'll be better for the crowd. It's like when the Muppets try out new, new characters on Sesame Street. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, of, your, of the gimmick, what's uh, you wearing your shirt right now, right? Can, you, can we see that? Yes, case in point three sixteen blood alcohol content. <laughs> and then uh, on the back it says, "I just I, I drank your ass." It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so I, I want to get into like the nitty gritty of the matches. I, I recently got to see a show. They had a free show in the mall by by me here, so I took my son, just like a free show. You know, nice crowd in the, in the mall, and uh, it was cool. And we were just literally right up front, and we were too at, at the other half of the beer fest. That was kind of like a more. It seemed like it was a little more loosey goosey there. Like you guys didn't really, we weren't like super invested in like you know being very. I mean, it, it was a great show and all, but like I feel like this one at the mall, it, it was almost like a like a more high pressure thing because it felt like they were you know it was almost like an audition kind of for the mall or something. So they were like going pretty serious with it, not like kind of that relaxed atmosphere that there was, where it was more fun and joking around and at, at the uh, at the beer fest. But when you're up that close, you get to hear a lot more of like you guys talking to each other and how like seeing how the how the sausage is really made in the ring, which I find super fascinating. Um, 
And I know there's a lot of like like improvising and that kind of thing while you guys are doing it. I'm curious, what are some of like the terms you guys use? Like, so like you're going to, to whip a guy into the ropes. There's usually that moment where you're pushing the guy back before you let him go. You kind of there's some you guys give some code words on what you're going to do, right? Going back and forth. Um, and if you know, you're allowed uh, to reveal, I'm, I don't, I don't want. I, I I mean, like you know, it's simple. Sometimes it's like simple as like duck one, take a line, or uh, reverse. What does that mean? Uh, take a line. Duck, close uh, line. Duck, close line. Yeah. So you duck um, the first one, bounce again, and then. Yep. Okay. And who? Um, good. Keep going. I love it. You usually usually like it's short, like short, like I'll oh, take a high knee or like uh, or a sunset flip. You know that move where they duck down and they you know take flip a over, pull you back. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's, it's usually the, those are the main things, but like, it's, it's some variation. Sometimes people get complex with it, but usually it's basic stuff. Is the person who's doing like the whipping, giving the, giving like call on the play or is the other person or what's the general, how does that work? Um, it's usually the guy like who's doing the whip cause usually they're giving the move. Right. But sometimes, uh, it, it depends on where it's going because like sometimes like if one guy forgets another guy will be like oh what's next you know like and then we'll just conversate and figure out where it goes from there Is so it- it's it's just like a com like uh just we we try not to talk as much but if we need it we do right is it is it is a full match choreographed like like a like a scripted tv show or more like kirby enthusiasm where it's like here's point a here's point b you know, we'll figure it out in between. Um, for a while, I, I feel like WWE was a lot more like that, where it was everything was very precise. Okay. Um, and, and you can do that. You can have a match that's very A to Z and hit all the points. Okay. But um, but if, if, like a lot of my matches, we just have points in the match we want to hit. And then where we go Spots, from there, yes. we can just kind of improvise. And we're just kind of given a time. Like, oh, hey, you have eight to ten minutes. All right. And then this guy wins. How do you want him to win? Okay, cool. And then we'll just come up with whatever highlights we want in the match. And there's there's always certain flows of the match, too, if you watch matches on the regular. Like, you'll you'll notice it. Like, um, how things happen with the good guy, bad guy dynamic. It's very much like TV yeah. or like a movie. Um now, what about those matches? Because there's always there, there's always one every once in a while. There's always once in a blue moon, and I don't know if it it's it, it's like an injury thing or if the guy is just like I don't want to fucking be here. Like where the the match comes out and it's thirty seconds long, like you know what I mean? Like they're like boom, a couple of things, and then ca- catch him in a quick pin, pin, and oh my god, it's unbelievable and it's over, it's completely over. Like is that is that like an injury thing mainly or? I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just. Um... Like if you're watching on TV, sometimes they're they're low on time. Okay. So sometimes matches get cut down. So like um, so like say, because I've heard plenty of stories like this. Like, oh, you have a match like that was supposed to be ten minutes, and then things in the show early you know, earlier on. <laughs> you literally happen. get you they, they go long, and you're like, <laughs> okay, you got four minutes. You got bumped. Good, good, good luck. You're like good luck. You're like Matt Damon on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> yeah, I mean that there are there are matches that do get bumped off of cards. Really, like it happens. It happens in WrestleMania a lot. But do they also like depending on let's just say there's a new wrestler, right? And, they, and you, you guys might not know what he or she is capable of doing. Do you kind of just be like, all right, we're we're gonna do like three minutes tops? Or I mean, you know, you guys try and be more prepared than that. Or if you just bring someone out there that like is kind of green, you got a tight three. Yeah. <laughs> 
it depends on their experience level, like uh, what they know. Um, we try not to take it too long with new people, but we do want to like get them involved and get them doing things to get used to that. Like, because like uh, NYWC is also a training school. So like, so not only a promotion is a school. So we're trying to develop young talent along the, along the way, as long as, uh, along with um, putting on good shows. So we want to develop this talent. So like, we'll give them three to five minutes sometimes if we, if we feel they're not quite experienced yet, but I feel like that's enough to really get them adjusted to the first part of being in the wrestling business. I'm also guessing too, it's like, besides lifting weights and obviously having that wrestler frame and body, a lot of endurance. Like how do you build, like how do you train just to make sure that you're in the shape you want to be? Like, well, how, is it like 50, 50 cardio versus weights or how does it work for you? And I'm, I'm guessing people are different, right? There are people who are born like already like can, you know, have like huge muscles and all that other stuff. And there's other people who can just run laps and keep on going. But for you, how do you kind of train for, you know, the season, so to speak. Um, I'm probably the worst person you can ask for this because I <laughs> probably uh, don't train nearly as much as I should. Um, I mean, I do lift kegs for a living, so that does help. <laughs> mm-hmm. 150 um, pounds right there. Yeah, so so between the kegs and the cases, it definitely keeps me in a good good bulking size. Um, as for cardio and stuff like that, I, I do try to keep up with that. But a lot of that is it's ring work because like even like, like you could do all the regular car- cardio in the world, but being in the ring, it's just such a mm. different, it's just a different type of like being winded. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause like, I, I don't know if it's because you're like thinking so much on the fly while you're doing it too. I like, I don't know if there's an exact science for this, but like, there's just a different wind of being in pro wrestling ring. Yeah. It's like, bo- like boxing. Like you have no idea how much one three minute round will take out of you. Like, because you I think no you're just like, you do it. I think you're just thinking of like every move you're trying to do. And I think because you're thinking both mentally and you're moving physically, I think it just, it takes more of a toll on your body. So you've been saying you've been doing this for a while now. What was like, if there's something, if you go back in time and tell your younger self, like, Hey, don't do this or do this better. What would it be? Stretch Um, more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Uh, Don't get hit with a chair in the head by balls. Mahoney. No. Um, that that is a. Uh, <clears throat> how about go? A, how about go uh, before that and don't hang out with a guy named Balls Mahoney. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that I know that dude. So that that was an easy. I know that guy. dude. Yeah, well, I, I've, I've met him. He came up to the radio studio once. And speaking of uh, Colombian uh, nose yoga, he was a, he was a yogi master. He definitely was an advocate for a while. Oh man, I think he uh, his teeth were all, like falling out of his head before he died. Uh, he claimed it was from like uh, doing lighter fluid and like blowing fire, but I, I have a feeling it might have been something else involved as well. But that dude, he was his nickname was the hardcore chair swinging freak, uh, and he had he would always be going through flaming tables with thumbtacks, and but he literally carried a new chair to the ring every time. So he was literally known for just hitting people with chairs, and you took a shot from him. Oh yeah, no, it was Let's hear uh, that it was story. it was the. Uh... It was the second chair shot I've ever taken, and um, we we did. It was I was part of this team called the the Dirty Rednecks. So it was it was a it's 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 a gimmick that probably wouldn't fly today because like we're like carrying Confederate flags and doing all all that stuff. But like back like you know 15 years ago, perfect uh, bad guy heat, you know. 
but like um, it was all the stereotypes. But we 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 did a run in on balls. Uh, that sounds horrible, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna isolate um, so, that for you. So, <laughs> so balls balls has his match, and we do a run in. We try to attack him, and we try to hit him with a chair. And actually, before this happens, um, he talks to us backstage, and we, we know what's going to happen. And he's we're all supposed to get hit in the head with a chair. So I have these two other guys. They're, they're, they're a smaller guy. I'm not as big as I am now, but I was still a bigger guy. So he's asking us, who who here has the strongest neck? Oh. And my partners just kind of point to me. And what I'm a like, fucking question. Oh, How do you know? Oh. How do you know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so and he's like, okay, you're taking the third chair shot and you're getting the worst one. Oh. So, um, so we go in. We, we try to beat him down. We take the chair, try to swing it at him. We miss. He clotheslines both of us. And then he starts getting the chair. Bam. First guy. Bam. Second guy. And I start getting up, like, all woozy. And bam. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 it's hard to say. I can't say it was, like, lights out. But I'm sure, like, I was like, heavily concussed. Um. Oh. And like I was like in my early twenties at the time, and I'm like, I mean, hey, it's cool, it's Balls Mahoney's, he still be original, but um, we just didn't know back then like the the consequences of like concussions. It's like, um, Did you at least get your hands up a bit. Well, that's the thing. Like usually they they say you can't put your hands up because you'll break your hands. Right, your arm. So they forearm. just so they just tell you to stiff your neck up and oh. just brace for the hit. <laughs> There's like a freeze frame. It's like, how did I get here? I Funny just, story. Yeah, right. So, so, so guys, so guys, I was just going to say you, that. Guys, if I forget your names, it's probably so because of Balls Mahoney. Okay. Dude, so. That should be on a shirt, by the way. If I forget your name, it's probably because of Balls Mahoney. <laughs> so that, that's the only thing that baffles me. Like, that, there's no really, like, there's no shortcuts in that. I mean, it's really just you get there's your, no head, easy your, way your out. arms up and try and deflect it a little bit. Well, so a lot of times they'll do it like where guys are. Where the no hands ones are like, you know, where the guy's <laughs> hands are behind their back or they're handcuffed or something. And like it hits them so hard, like their head goes through it and like bends it back and like it's wrapped around their head or they get hit with like the, the not even the middle part, which is like even worse. Right. That hurts more. Like if it's the, the back part. Oh, yeah. No, the like like the edges are the worst. Yeah. But like, look, I mean, like after that, I have taken no more head chair shots. And I'm yeah. glad as like a business, we've moved on from that point. Because we realized how stupid it was to hit each other in the head. What, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't. I don't understand why they haven't come up with a gimmick chair. Somebody's got to be able to make a lighter weight, or I guess it just doesn't look the same or sound the same. I, I feel like it's it's probably happened, but it, like it just doesn't like it's not as authentic. That's what like the one thing that there's no shortcut for. But yeah. hit me, but hit me in the back all the time. It's fine. Like it's yeah, yeah. it's it's cool. I got like as long as you hit good surface area, it's not that bad. What are like those like heavy pans that you put out at buffets? You know those heavy aluminum pans. <laughs> this is chafing. Oh, well, yeah, just a chafing dish. You know, like a heavy chafing dish. You can take that on the head pretty good. That'll crumple. We 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 probably take we take some of those. Yeah, uh, that's not go. too bad. Well, ECW used to have a guy uh, named New Jack who would there they would leave a garbage pail in the lobby and people would just bring things to put in there for him to hit people with. So there was a garbage pail in the lobby and people were encouraged to just bring fun things from home that they would use in the match. So he would just come into the ring with the garbage pail from the lobby with whatever anybody brought 
frying pans, Nintendos, you know, metal Someone crutches, puts a person in there. Chafing dishes. Guns. I, 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 I'm pretty sure he's used someone's fake leg. Yeah, fake legs. <laughs> like, that's what was great about ECW. It was just bananas. Like, it's it was the craziest shit you've ever seen in person. Um, Rich, talk a little about, like, the how you build chemistry with people and... Is like, you know, stories will have, you know, will kind of go in and out and you'll probably, you know, move on to like wrestling other people. But like, how do you kind of build that chemistry with people you know that you might have a long, like, not career with, but battle with through maybe like whatever, however you guys have like a quote unquote season or storyline? Um, I mean, sometimes it happens naturally. Like there's certain people I'm just in there with and it just feels like we were meant to be in there together um and then like if we have like a storyline together it just like usually we just like just work a lot behind the scenes to just get used to each other's styles and then where we want to see where the story goes and then we just incorporate everything together and hopefully it gels sometimes it doesn't but um but like sometimes it does and it usually makes them for some great matches um, I, I've had, and actually some of the great, the best matches I've had were like with former tag team partners. Cause we're so used to each other, like being as partners. So we were able to be in a ring against each other and we just took it to the next level because we knew each other's moves. Not, not only that, but we, we were just comfortable with each other. Oh man. So you just saying that right there just kind of reminds me of like watching like the, you know, the attitude era. That's when I was kind of like full into wrestling was like, they were ta- like, what, what's going on? And now it's kind of put like, a, oh, okay. That's probably why they did that. Right. It's, it's, I mean, like, I mean, tag teams don't last forever normally anyway, cause they only have a certain shelf shelf life. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the best ones stay together forever, but like um, tag teams are sometimes meant to be split apart at some point, especially like WWE, WWF, they, they split a lot of tag teams. I mean, there wouldn't be a Shawn Michaels without, you know, Amari Gennetti on the other end. Yeah. Some, that's some cold shit he did to Marty. <laughs> Kicked him through the barbershop window. That's some bullshit. Him and, and and then the other one that always broke my heart was when Strike Force broke up. Fucking Tito Santana uh, looked like a goddamn like a like a wounded hound. Just on the mat there. He's like, Rick, why? Why, Rick? Rick's like, I'm because I'm sexy. And he walked away. And became the model. I mean, that's a good enough reason, isn't it? That was my era, damn it. I don't know this hey, fucking no, atti- hey, hey. All this know, attitude I... era. Biggest attitude we had in my era back in my day was Ravishing Rick Rude. That's the biggest fucking <laughs> attitude we had. And he just made out with broads with fucking bridge and tunnel hair in the center he, of that he ring. Just while... made a, he made fun of all the sweat hogs out there. Yeah, yeah. While uh, the Fink looked on and announced his win. He was just making out with Diane from accounting, <laughs> having to be there on a bachelorette party. <laughs> hey, if it's a gimmick, you can make it work. Love it. It's great. Rich, He's one what? of the most underrated guys, too. Oh, totally. Totally. What was that? Well, remember that? Uh, and like the, the biggest attitude thing was like, didn't Piper like moon him or some shit? He like um, he like took his pants down or some shit or pu- pulled, his, pulled yeah, the kilt pulled up. His pants down, yeah. Pulled the kilt up and just showed his bare ass and like, Everybody freaked out. It was the, yeah. it was the Janet Jackson of basic cable. 
So, Rich, we talked about taking chair shots. Talk, talk to us about heavy. I mean, you're, I can, your forehead looks pretty unscarred from where I'm sitting. Um, uh, I mean, I, the, I have some, some work? like some little scars here and there, but nothing too crazy. Uh, I've done some blood work. <laughs> um, sometimes, sometimes purposely, sometimes not. What's your worst oh. injury? Oh, oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, when you said it with the whole idea of like blood work, some expected, some not. Did you ever like when you're wrestling with something and you started bleeding and like your opponents like gives you a oh shit look? You're like, yeah, that can't be good. You ever like, get that, a, that, you ever get a white to the eyes? Like, <laughs> well, well, I thought that's where I was going. Um, because like uh, you guys know about the the blading. Yeah, stuff, yeah. Right? So yeah. walk us through okay. that. Like, what's so yeah. so uh, so I've done that a couple times. Um, there's been certain matches that I, I bled hard way. They call it hard way. Um. And yes, if it's bad enough, for sure. There was a match I did. Um, it was a fundraiser for a fire department show in my whole hometown, actually. And um, I have a um, I have a match that's specialized. I specialized in. It's called the pub crawl brawl. So basically, it's like uh, it's a match with all bar weapons. So like beers, kegs, bar stools. Dart boards, that's awesome. Uh, beer signs, whatever you can get. And um, I was wrestling this guy, and we found this Miller Lights. Like we were running, like we were running low on time, and we didn't have enough supplies. So we found this Miller Light sign, and it was one of those lights. And I thought it was only, and this is on my part. We, I should have looked at it more. I thought it was only a light on around the outside. So. There was the part of the match where he took the, the, the light down and he gave me a DDT on it. Is it a neon, like a neon sign? It wasn't a pure neon. It was like um it was more but it was more thicker than that. Um it was like a plastic sign. Okay. Like a thin plastic. I guess it was plastic. I don't even know. But either <laughs> way, my head went through it. There was a light on the inside. So I got cut on the light. Right. You can't it's hard to see, right. but um, like I didn't feel it. And then I, I'm just like going to the side, selling, selling the DDT. And then I just feel like, like, I feel like I'm sweating. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I, I put my hand up. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm bleeding. And then I put a little more and I wipe again. And I'm like, oh, I'm bleeding. And then I like take my whole arm and wipe it across and see like just a whole big red streak of blood. Oh my and I'm God. like, oh shit, I'm bleeding. <laughs> so we, 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 I mean, at this point, I'm like, this is my hometown. I don't want to stop. I feel okay. Um, I probably should have stopped, but who knows? Um, so, and it even got to the point where my, my opponent's manager, who, uh, who they're both heels. Um, came over to me and like tried to pretend to choke me, but he was also like patting my head down to 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 like stop a little bit of the blood. Maybe God bless you, Crusher crush Dugan, By the way, um, and was he saying things to you like just fall down, just fall down, or anything like that? Um, he's like, no, they're just like, you okay, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Let's keep going. My hey, adrenaline's shit. my adrenaline's pumping at this point. So his so blood. He switched and it on real quick, and he's like, "Bleed, motherfucker, bleed!" <laughs> like, <he's> like, <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. Like, once they found out I was good, my opponent, um, we just kind of took the match to the next level at that point, because like that's what happens once you see blood. 
it just it just takes the normal proceedings and escalates a little bit. That's why they try to do it in matches on on for like big matches. What was the and, crowd's reaction? Like what was going on with them? Like were they like shocked and then they were like, then you guys were kept on going, so like shit, all right, let's just cheer this on. I mean, some of it, sure. I mean, like, (laughs) it was a lot of friends and family. Again, it was like a hometown show, basically. So, like, I'm sure, like, some of them were, like, wanted to come into the ring. I I even heard from some of them, like, I want to jump in there. Like, I thought you were going to die. And I'm like, I I mean, I could have, but I felt like I was fine. So, I, I just kept going, and we just finished the match. I mean, I had a, like, it wasn't. Stitches? It was like Do you need it was stitches? Like, um I probably should have, but I didn't do it. <laughs> so I have like this little like uh it's not Space? quite a flap, but it's like <laughs> oh, it, it's no. like it's like almost like a flap. Um so you it's just a nice little scar. Your head has an esophagus. That's that's uh pretty pretty much so a little newborn I, I, baby hole up there. Makes, a little uvula. Worse. So like the dot and it's a, it was at a firehouse. So like and they have EMTs there, and they they like Tie me down. And like, I'm like, hey, do I have to go to the hospital for this? Because I really don't want to go to the hospital and get stitches. And like, um, you're probably okay. Yeah. Um, Just slap a little wet cement on it. It'll be fine. Okay. So I probably didn't help matters because I was such a high from the show and everything. I went out to the bar. Um, I, I just kind of wrapped. I had the wrap around my head. It looked like I had like a turban almost, <laughs> and I was hanging out in the bar having more drinks, um, thinning the blood, causing more bleeding. Yeah, that was probably well, not the best idea. That that was not the best idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was young and dumb, and then like I I actually you know uh, I woke up the next morning, I like kind of take it off to see how it is, and I'm like, oh Mary, look at that, it's still bleeding. Um, <laughs> probably didn't probably didn't help. I was drinking till like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That sucks. But hey, what better place? But overall, though, the like the the blood itself, it just made it made the match. It made it like that much better. So hey, fucking better. Shit. I'm all I'm all good. (laughs) I'm alive. You know, everyone's good. You got a story to tell. Exactly. What's what's your go to when you have to do it yourself? Like, what do you use? Um, it's razor blade. You just like cut out a slither of it, and then um. Sometimes the referee has it. Sometimes you have it in your wrist tape. I usually do it in a wrist tape. Like it's like tape. Like it's mm. it's a little like it's just a little point, and it's it's wrapped uh, it's wrapped in wrist tape, and then you put wrist tape around it. Do a little poke and twist. Sometimes you have a little alcohol before just to make thin out the blood, or you um, aspirin or something aspirin, like that. Yeah, and then they do that. You always see like the Ric Flair is really obvious with it. Like you kind of breathe hard out to like make it. Right, to bleed a little more. Right? Um, like, oh, I, I've never had to do I that, do that but you, you definitely could do that for sure. Yeah. Right on. He also he also has he has the hair, so he needs to like spread it across. I yeah. have nothing that stops this blood. It just <laughs> it just goes ever. It's like sweat. I have no eyebrows or like barely any eyebrows to stop the sweat from my face. So when I was bleeding, it was almost like a, like a little like cover over my eyes. So I had to keep on like wiping my face. Nice crimson mask. Yeah. That's cool. Where uh, who's who's the um, side from balls? Who's like the biggest name you've ever gotten to get in the ring with? Um, I teamed with Tommy Dreamer. Okay. Uh, actually, a few months ago, it was really cool. He was at nice. the ball show that we did. I got a picture of him. Nice. He's a cool dude. 
I've worked a lot of cool guys, but I feel like I, I've drank with a lot more cooler guys. <laughs> okay. Like, I've, I, I've drank, uh, I drank some vodka with uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, nice. nice. Did you, you guys drink it from a two by four? Like shots? <laughs> I, I wish, shot. I wish we did. Cause oh. that would have been amazing. But no. Stolio. I <laughs> uh, see what you did there. <laughs> Hey, tough guy. That yeah. was a good joke. There was a dude at the mall show we were at who had a he had a Canadian flag and he was basically doing like a hacksaw Jim Duggan bit, but with the with the Canadian flag. And I, I told him this, I said, uh, sit down, uh, hacksaw Tim Horton. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he's like, he's like on his way. I was like, it's cool. <laughs> he's like, hey. That was a good, a good heckle I was proud of. What's anybody throwing some good heckles your way or good lines from the crowd that you're like, oh, oh damn, that's a, I, I don't know one. if there's anything that's like memorable. Although, <laughs> no. like, like usually I get the, the crowd to chant, let's get wasted. That's usually my go to to get okay. people behind me. Nice. Um, I've always been stupid enough to like jump into the ring, right? Um, I've seen it. It doesn't happen often in the indie level, but it does happen sometimes. Will Smith um, isn't allowed at wrestling shows. What's up? <laughs> Will Smith is banned from wrestling events. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but like at that point, like we're we're we could do whatever we want. We're protecting ourselves at that point. I oh, mean, I love we, you know, I love when people jump jump in on like WWE guys or even like ECW guys and just get their shit kicked out of them. Like it's like, oh, okay, we'll do yeah, this. Yeah, no, it you're, you're jumping in. You're jumping often. into our worlds. We have all the right to protect ourselves. Do you like when uh, guys uh, do running commentary about how inept the referees are throughout the match? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's a habit in wrestling that's overdone a lot, but the good refs make it seem like it's not quite their fault. Like, I mean, because right. you, you, the thing is, if you're a wrestler, you want the referees to have a certain bit of, of authority. If they lose credibility, then it kind of hinders the match. So you have to do things behind the ref's back so that you don't notice and not so much that they're just oblivious to. What I don't understand is if you're yelling at one tag team member and got your back completely to the other guy and you hear a loud bang and don't turn around, that makes me go, all right, dude, come on. Like he he might have been hitting the turnbuckle really hard for support for his partner. I guess if something really loud happens behind you, a fucking body slam, or you you know what I mean? Like a gunshot goes off behind right. the ref, and he's still hey, you got to stay in the ring on the outside the ropes, man. What did I say about running? No running. You just hear the psycho theme, like yeah, his blood is landing over the shoulder of the ref. He's like, stay, you stay behind those ropes. <laughs> it's just one of those things that like it'll never go away unfortunately and it's hard to i mean there's there's ways to do it and there's ways to do it well yeah um that's probably not the best ways to do it um if you do a sneaky like oh hey um say i have some guy in a hold like a headlock or something and like maybe i'm like trying to choke them behind like i'm turning my back away from the referee like good wrestlers do it correctly Right. Um, and they try not to make the ref- referee look like a fool. Um, the refs are kind of like running the show, though, right? They're kind of like the conductors. They usually have an earpiece and they they're kind of keeping, the ta- you they're keeping the time. They're keeping the time, yeah. Like telling you when to finish, well, finish the for match. The ma- for the major companies, yes. Uh, for indie level, not so much. But usually, like, they, 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 they get cues from the back. 
um, of the time and stuff like that, but they know the finish. Um, we use them to communicate a lot to each other. So okay. like if we're in opposite side of the sides of the ring, the ref will come over and check on you, be like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? Da, 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 da. And then you, you could talk. And if you want to yeah. say something to your opponent, you could say it through the referee. Yeah. So like, Oh, this, this, so this comes next, next, or, you know, come over this way and I'll move type of thing. Cool. Very cool. I, I, yeah. I See, I learned something today, kids. That's why we do this. So, Rich, just kind of going from like left field, trying to mix all of the things you care about together. You obviously horror films, wrestling, and beer. What are your top three beer like choices out there? You know, like styles of beer, and then two with each beer, you can either pair it up with um, like if you're going to name a beer after a wrestler or a iconic, you know, horror character. Ooh. What type of beer would it be? Ooh. Okay. Um, I, too. I mean, I, I, I will always be a stout fan. Stouts are my top. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I have a good one for stouts, but I heard one the other day for IPAs. Um, That's Stouty Roddy Piper. Well, <laughs> have, have a nice day, IPA. There you go. A little McFoley beer. Nice. Um, I figured that's a good one. Um, but stouts are always my go-to for a lot of things. I mean, I like IPAs. I like um, really the only thing I don't like is like wheat beers. I'm actually really into the sours too a lot now. Also, right on. I'm trying to think of now other uh, fun wrestling beer names. We're doing we're doing horror too. Yeah, because you know I, I you know if, if you people follow him on on his Instagram account, it's always like a lot of great content there. And so I know, you know, obviously we're getting to the uh, Halloween season, Jay's favorite time of the year. So I'm just kind of, you know, curious because, I mean, a lot of great horror, you know, iconic villains, a lot of great beers out there. You said the stout, but like if you, you know, if you could like someone says you like, all right, you need to come up with three beers. If you can be, you know, inspired for a horror icon or a wrestling icon, who would they be? And I think, you know, I love the, you know, you, you kind of mentioned the, have a nice IPA or have a nice PA or whatever, something like that. That was pretty cool. Just, some, just something along those lines. Because I'm guessing the type of guy you are and the creative guy you are, you probably think about this at work, right? <laughs> um, I, I do a little bit. Um, I do want to get more into, like, creating beer names, um, especially, like, if I want to, like, work with, like, a local brewery around me because, like, we have a lot in Long Island. Yeah. Um, especially, like, if we continue to grow the way we are. Um, but like, I do have a few ideas with like characters that are based off of drinking beer. So like, um, so instead of Chucky, they could be like Chuggy. <laughs> um, there's, uh, instead of Freddy Krueger, there's Freddy Burger. Um, Jason Porges. Nice. Um, Leather Shitfaced. <laughs> So these, and actually, like, I, I want to look into, like, maybe making these characters and, like, making t-shirts of that. You can do yeah, a wrestling dude. one for uh, Superfly Jimmy Schnookered. <laughs> oh, jeez. Boom. Uh, I met Jimmy Snooker. Oh, yeah. We've all met Jimmy Snooker. Everybody yeah. on this planet has met him. No. I bet you didn't meet his wife. Whoa. Oh. Well. <laughs> too late? Too soon? Too late? <laughs> Definitely too late. Oof. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this is Dark Side of the Ring podcast. <laughs> we just took a, this podcast took a heel turn. I love it. Yep. 
Love it. <laughs> Rich is like talking to the podcast ref and all the three of us like, ha, can we make this? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any any shows coming up in the area you want to plug? This will come um, out in like two weeks, I think. Yeah, we we've got one in Deer Park uh, on the twenty fourth, um, NYWC show. Um, that's the most current one. We just did one at a Distillery this past Saturday, which was awesome. Oh, nice. Where was that? Um, the Better Man Distillery in Patchogue. Oh, right on. Yeah. So cool. anything that mixes with alcohol, um, it's my jam. Yeah. And people really love me there, so I, I'm all for it. <laughs> Who uh who else uh shout out some of your some of your some of your you know co some of your friends who wrestle uh some guys you think are people should look out for? Um, like well, from NYWC, definitely like uh, Jaden Dallow. He's one of our young, like super young guy. He's I think he's just twenty one, but he's he's been on AEW a few times on some of their smaller programs. Um, the kid just is super talented. Um, I've had really good matches with him. And we talk about like some of that stuff, being able to do stuff on the fly. He's, he's just amazing. Like you wouldn't think this kid's 21. Um, oh, is he the kid guy... who won the belt the first night, the first day of, uh, oh yes, half? yes, yes. He was there. Okay. Yeah. He, yes. Such he a won, good, he such... won the battle Royale at the yes. beginning. You guys. Oh yeah. yeah got him. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah oh, he's okay. 12 years old. Yeah. yeah no, he, right. he, he looks really young, but he's actually, he is actually legal. <laughs> Are you directing that at me, sir? <laughs> uh, we're um, big fans of Man Bun Jesus. Man Bun Jesus is great. Um, amazing character. Yeah. Awesome dude. Um, good in the ring. Um, he's actually doing a lot of stuff with Control Your Narrative right now, which is EC3's thing, new thing lately. Um, there's Joey Conway. There's Rex Lawless. There's yeah. uh, Willow, Willow Nightingale, who's, who's killing it in AEW. Um, Michael and Mastretta. I mean, there's there's just so many so many really great up and t- up and coming talents coming from us. Um, yes. The two and, women that you guys had on that card were two of the most attractive people I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not even some of our regulars. <laughs> yeah, the, whoever the, they were, the I forget the character names, but oh my god, wow! That yeah, the blonde chick and then the, the black girl, right? Yeah, I I don't remember the names, but awesome! Wow. All right, we'll just end on that awkward note. Yeah, just like, you know, I didn't have they a question. Right. They that, were right. that wasn't a question, fellas. You could jump right in. Like, no problem. How many heel turns we have it today? How many? Yeah, uh, just, yeah they were hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that wasn't it. That was rhetorical, fellas. They were we'll just women. Let this, Here we'll just we simmer go. this awkward stew. Woo! God. They were That's women. For a while. <laughs> Brutus That'll the Barber, Amberbach. <laughs> It's 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 okay. You're just acting like typical uh, male fans when it comes to women wrestlers. It's, it's okay. Ravishing Rick Brood. Hey, Ooh, uh, I like that. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Wrestling beer names. I'm surprised oh. we didn't jump on this train. I, was, I know. Uh, it, I, I'm, I still have my questions. I'm trying to think of stuff. Well, just a, just a quick thing. Like, is it so awkward when there's women wrestlers? You'd be like, all right. Guy, like here we go. Like there's, there's always gonna be like those guys, right? Like, uh, but you can wrestle me, huh? Well, it's the, there's a lot of creep, creepy you come with the fans car? out there. Um, so it definitely can be awkward. Um, I I couldn't like fathom being some of these women that like some of the people I deal with on social media, yeah, and just people in the crowds. Oh, Lord, I mean, some of them, some of them are super respectful, but like there's some weird people out there. 
like even and, it's, uh, and I'm not even female and I'm getting like weird like foot fetish people messaging me on on sometimes. <laughs> what <laughs> nice. Great. There, there was a, I, I did. Can a we, show, I did can a, we, hey, can I, we can we plug them real quick? Is cool? No, no. It's, well, uh, I'm pretty sure his name featured Foot Fet on, oh, okay. his, uh, on his on his name. Um, oh, and all he all he all, all he did was uh, <laughs> this this mess- Boba's really this Boba's this is a franchise cousin like <laughs> the, the like, family the Fets don't talk about the it. Fets yeah they're like we don't talk about fucking Foot Fet. <laughs> he, he he just he just messaged me a few times asking me, hey, what's your shoe size? Oh, hey, what's no. your shoe size? And I like. I got a pair of Pumas that I think would be perfect for you. Because, like, me and a few (laughs) few of the guys I wrestled in the same same show with heard from the same guy. So we knew it came from a certain show. So, like, it was just super weird. (laughs) Wow. That's great. You don't want to see you don't want to see my feet, brother. The nasty. He apparently did, or or he he felt bad for you, so he's like, "Let me buy some shoes for those fucking <laughs> hammer toes you got going on." <laughs> All right, guys, uh, I think we nailed this here. Anything else? Uh, at beer bud blo- ear, at woo, you got that? Come on! Oh wait, ba, 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 ba. I'm still I'm still uh, trying to get over Mike's awkward comment. Uh, at, Women, it's good thing you edit the show. At beer bud, <laughs> <laughs> never gonna get it. Never gonna have it. Brett the Hitman Tart. Oh, there we go. I'm usually the king of this, and I can't think of anything. I'm really women. Greg, get hammered, Valentine. Oh, (laughs) there it is. (laughs) Boom. End of story. One, two, three, count. (laughs) At beer, blood, body slams. See, now you got me amped up. I can say it now on Instagram. Uh, Richard, aka JT Kaysen. Check him out, NYWC. Uh, is it nywc.com to check out shows and stuff? Uh, N- NYWCWrestling.com. Um, awesome. It's also NYWC Wrestling on Twitter and uh, Instagram also. Sweet. Sweet. Man. Dude, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for uh, for coming on the show. Had a ton of fun, fun, guys. Thank you very much. Nice, right, man. man. Beautiful. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, don't forget, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash massive none. Get extra bonus shows, just uh, three bucks a month. And uh, oh, we're on TikTok, guys. Oh, yeah. Masters of None Show. We're blowing up on TikTok and YouTube. Masters of None Show on YouTube. That's next week's show. It's the quest. Oh, next week. Yeah, we're going to have uh, an old man who loves TikTok. <laughs> it's going to be sick. We thought that was awkward before. Just wait till next week's Ooh, show. Ooh, can't and, wait. And uh, it's, it's the quest for th- 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. But we're, we're crushing it. We're crushing it so far. So uh, join us on those things if you're also old and weird and shouldn't be on TikTok. Go follow us there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time on Masters of None. I'm Jay for Mike Hart and Richard. Women. Don't forget to leave us a review and rating on iTunes and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Masters of None. Check out the website, mastersofnone.com. It includes episodes, news, articles, videos, pictures, so much fucking more, man. Check them out. Masters of None. Masters of a fucking excellent domain name. I'll tell you that, Richard. Father too many. Maybe they had it. I think someone had it and they were like, we want that. I got it again. You think they had to buy it? I would think, man. Like you said, that's a that's a good name. Unless they got they were going way far way far back. Maybe they got they saw that. Maybe they got it. Maybe they got it way back. How far back? Way back. How far are you gonna go back? Way back. As we go around like this. All right, check them out. Mastersofnone.com.